This is the Free Game Producer Podcast. My name is Andre, and I got the big homie, super producer, multi-platinum guy, Will Power in the building. What's up, baby? What it do? What it do? Man, it's a blessing to be here. I'm happy to be here, as always. You know what I'm saying? We got a great episode coming up. Yeah, man. You feel me? Yeah, man. Good shit. Yeah, man. Uh, yo, real quick, man. Uh, I, saw, I was watching the news today yeah. before we get into the podcast today. Watching the news, um, Atlanta 11 here in Atlanta, Georgia, man, mm. and they have a um, proposed ordinance to make music studios yeah. get a special permit to operate, man. And I think I haven't heard a lot of noise about it here in the city, you know. And I don't know, to my knowledge, uh, this is the only place this is trying to go. But you told me that the other cities are doing this, yeah, as well. nah, so man. I've, uh, what's up with that? Yeah, well, basically, what the ordinance is, is uh, they basically uh, Recording studios in Atlanta have been having like some issues with violence and right. things like that. Um, I don't know if you recall, but here recently we've had some uh, pretty, yeah, a yeah. couple of high profile studios caught up in shootings and deaths and other things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Google Which, it. Yeah, you Google Party. it. We ain't going to put no people on blast. But at, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? The city is starting to want to kind of crack down on it. At least that's the way that they're presenting it, you know, as a, for what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and you know it's not really that foreign to me because uh, you know we were talking before the pro- you know the podcast and um, I was saying that you know in Nashville it's like that already mm-hmm. like you can't even have a home studio in Nashville without reporting it or right. uh, you know going and getting a license or permit you know to, to have it because um, in the case of Nashville what it is is it's in place so that you know, it's a music city. They're known right. for it to be a music city. So, you know, their goal is to continue to uh, keep the music businesses striving. You know, keep it keep it alive and well. Keep and, it in a professional environment. Yeah, exactly. So if you're allowing people to go home and work at home, you are taking money away from official businesses who right. are, you know, are there for those services. Right. Which... In Atlanta, we both know, man, like 90% of the studios are actually closing due to the fact that they can't get business because people are cutting records at home. So, And this ordinance is going to require that the studios be 500 feet away from a residential area, Mm. which in some, some, I know once, what's that studio called? I forget what it's called. It's a cool guy, husband and wife that run it. But it's like a house. It's in their house. But it's like it's a professional. It's like one of the best studios in, in the city. Wow. I want to say Edgewood. I'm not sure, but it's one of the best studios in the city. Wow. And everybody goes there, and it's in their crib. <laughs> so it's like. You so know, how you gonna do that? Right. Exactly. Like. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I don't know. Um, you know what's gonna co- come of that, man. You know, um, for you know a lot of these businesses. But I will say this. You know, get involved if you in Atlanta. Get involved. Yeah. You know, uh, the councilwoman is. Uh, Felicia Moore who's sponsoring it. Shout out to her. No, no shade or nothing, but you know, at least get some dialogue to get some more information. Yeah, yeah. If you don't feel like this is something that's good for the city, I think if you're in Atlanta and yeah. you're uh, a business owner for a recording studio and you find it to be um, unnecessary, you definitely need to hit her up to, to you know to voice your opinion on that and to find out what it takes to vote on those types of things or you know to uh, participate in. Yeah. 
uh, making it happen or the demise of it, one or the other. And even bigger than that, no matter, no matter where you are listening to this, I mean, this kind of begs to, to the question. You should know what the rules are and, and wherever you are. Yeah, whatever kind of, of business you're in, you're supposed to know what's going on. Exactly. So, But a lot of times, you know how it is, man. We get some equipment, we just get off and running. Right, know? but I think, you know, like, because, uh, you know, like we were talking earlier, you know, like, I'm not really for it because I kind of feel like, you know, if you're a business owner and you've already gone out and you've gotten a business license and you're within city code and all of those types of things that already take place, you shouldn't have to go back and get another set of permits. permits. And, and then what are the stipulations? Right. Are these non-music people going to tell you what kind of speakers yeah, you like, have? Or yeah, because I don't really can... see how a permit is going to stop a person from getting mad and, and popping off anyway. Yeah. Like, obviously, recording music. Unless they're trying to say that recording music has something to do with people dying, right. I don't really see where they're going to be able to tie that together because it's just a business. I mean, people get shot at crystals. Yeah. People get shot at BP. People right. get robbed at gas stations. So right. you don't... And what is your approval going to do to stop it? Right, exactly. So it's kind of like if the permits are based off of the fact that like this, uh, if you're associating violence with record studio, recording studios... I think it might be a little bit harder for them to pull off than, um, than just you know it having a purpose of like maybe just cutting down on. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't even know where to go with that, bro. Because at the yeah. end of the day, man, unless you're gonna have stipulations on like what type of studio, what type of equipment, what's considered a professional studio and what's not, what, those are the kind well, of you, things. You know that, how how us creative engineer executive right. producer types are we don't want somebody some some politician or suit coming right. in here looking around right knocking on the walls trying to test exactly. stuff out what, exactly. what's going on but on the other hand you know what i'm saying you can't open a restaurant without a uh certain grade kitchen you can't mm-hmm. you can't open a liquor store without a certain liquor license i mean so it yeah, could i don't yeah, know man the restaurant you could die from eating some bad food it's, you know what I'm saying yeah, this well, they trying to say you can die in the recording <laughs> <laughs> they trying to say you can die in the recording studio I mean it sounds a little suspect because you know of course this is an urban music city and yeah. you know man like you know I think I've been in plenty of studios man where like the professionalism you would probably never see that type of activity at those places you know what I'm saying and there are studios where you know you go knowing that you know you might see that type of activity at those studios. So really, it's about it's about the it's about the business and the people running it. So yeah. I don't know, man. I, it's kind of suspect because it is tough on the guys that do what they're supposed to, and maybe that's the point. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's like we're they, maybe they're trying to get rid of the you know the bad the bad people in the bunch, I guess, yeah. or the bad business in the bunch. You know, most of the time, man, whenever the the city gets involved, it's for one or two things. It's to control what's going on, you know, or it's about money. Or it's about making it, making your constituents look like you're doing something. Yeah, could be that too. Could be right. <laughs> I exactly. took action against the violence in the city. Reelect. I'm just yeah. Playing. No, no doubt. Yeah, no you never know, man. Because like somebody, you never know. Because a lot of times, man, if if it, let's say it was your son or your daughter, God forbid that this happened to you, you might want to be that. You might be the person down there talking about this to the to the councilwoman, and hey. she may feel as you know you have a valid point. We don't know, but I think that anybody who's in the music business and interested in getting into recording should 
call down and, and or, or email or at least just try to be a part of whatever uh, dialogue is going on yeah, the, based on that. Yeah, the, the bigger conversation is just be involved in general. You yeah. know, we, we talked about the whole streaming legislation going on and the, right. the, the old copyright laws that are archaic and right. who's down in Washington doing what. In general, just, you know, when you unplug your equipment, when you leave the studio, you know, try to get involved a little bit. Because yeah. this is going to benefit everybody. Yeah, yeah. Both well, now even, even, and it doesn't a, even if it doesn't benefit you, it certainly will affect you. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so that's that, man. That's, that's the free game yeah. right there. Just kind of getting involved, man. And here in Atlanta, you know, that was something I just saw. So, ATL, shout And real quick, too, I got a couple more things. But Spotify. What's going on with Spotify, They man? released their global uh, numbers. For uh, for the year, have okay. they got out? They still they still in the red. Oh, that's another thing. I, I wasn't gonna mention that, but they still they still are in the red too. Okay. And I, I think they said next year they should be in the black. Wow. <laughs> maybe maybe next year. Maybe that's something else I, I saw today. So I wasn't gonna talk about. But yeah, they still in the red. Though. Okay, cool. So if you're on Spotify, still they're the biggest streaming company with like, I think 30 or 40 million yeah, subscribers. Still not profitable. Still not profitable. Wow. What does that tell you? But anyway, uh, for 2016, and I'm not sure when they ended the year. Um, it doesn't say here. I'm look. I'm reading on uh, hypebot.com. They don't say when a year ended, so maybe be from like uh, October to October, maybe. I, think, I don't know. But anyway, Drake got 4.7 billion streams so wow. on Spotify. <laughs> Just Spotify. Now keep in mind. And he was he was expo- mostly exclusive to Apple. He yeah. wasn't even like a part of that Spotify. Yeah, he windowed his, his products were, were right. determined. So they got windowed. it late. He windowed on, on Apple and right. still 4.7 billion on Spotify. The leading. crazy. He was, he was number one. Justin Bieber had was number two. I don't know who his number was. He was number two. Rihanna was three. 21 Pilots was four. And Kanye West was five. It's a, a, a long report. You can Google it and look it up. But mm. what I found, though, they had different categories. You know, most streamed female artists. Most streamed male artists. Right. Top five breakout artists. Most popular playlists. But the f- weird thing to me was that I went through all of these, each one, and they were all tied to a major label. Mm-hmm. Every single last one of them. Wow. So we, so we know who, So we know who paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> my, it's, well, you know... Not to be a conspiracy guy, but the major labels, you know, it was revealed a couple years ago right. that when Spotify started, you know, they cut big checks to the label, like 60, 70 million for, mm-hmm. you know, off the rip, just period. Right. Take this money and give it real quick, you know. So, you know, but I will say this too, though. It's an open platform for independent artists. You got curators you can go through, like a tune course. I'm like, you, you can get on there. Just fight the fight, man. You know, hang in there. Fight the fight. I know Chance the Rapper. He wasn't on uh, on um, Spotify, well, so I don't know how he would. But he's the only independent. I, know, I, I mean, well, right, right now, I'm still not convinced that he's just not part of the hype machine. I think that we had this conversation before, to where we felt like his particular situation is based off of um, the PR. PR yeah. Just you know, it's all. It's like. Rather it's working We'll see if it's working In a year or so When we Like we'll, you we'll said When the Grammys come up If he get one well, or already, Again they still talk I heard an article The other day They, they demanded His album be You know And maybe it should I mean Maybe we can have A Grammy edition Or end of the year review We go over mm-hmm. our, our picks For the best The best album yeah. The best lot Because he, he might have had Even though Tribe Called Quest Album was pretty legit Yeah And which leads To my next topic December is a big month, man. December is about to go down, bro. Releasing, man, listen, man. come on. You just saw. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go. J. Cole. J. Cole, What you think about that? 
Well, I was gonna list them all, but let's just <clears throat> talk about uh, Jermaine real all quick. Right. Uh, J. Cole. Uh, he out of nowhere um, put out something, mm-hmm. a statement or, or a picture for for an album. The album was called For Your Eyes Only. Right. Right. And uh, he put out a documentary on title exclusively, which I watched the whole thing, about 40 minutes. Um, I thought it was, a, a, as far as entertainment goes, it was kind of boring because he didn't really give up a lot. He didn't do any interviews. It's just like footage of him in the studio working. Okay. But I thought for our audience, if you're into like production and engineering, it's very insightful. Okay. Because he pulled the curtain back on the process, which I thought was dope from a nerd perspective. Right, right, right. Dope. It showed him working with musicians, with singers, dope. you know, how they work, even engineers. You know how, how I learned engineering school as an engineer. You have to like just sit there and be quiet. But once you have the trust, you can speak up. And there was one scene where the engineer, they were working on an intro for some record, and the engineer said, "Hey, you mind if I try something here?" And J Cole was like, "Sure, go ahead." You know, right. that ain't always cool. Right, right, right. You ain't all, but but obviously there's trust there. Right. Like you and Matt Hayes, for example. Hey, hey, can I try to do something here to see how it sounds? If it don't work, for, go ahead and try it. Right, right. So it was a lot of cool little stuff like that right. behind the scenes that he was doing. You know, I thought it was re- real interesting for. Our listeners, but yeah, so that's on and popping. That's coming out uh, December sixteenth. All right, so that's cool. That's cool. That's no, December cool. 9th, right? This Friday. Soon. <laughs> let, me get, let me get my. But I don't care because I want to talk about what he talking about on these records. <laughs> yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> You're right. There's also December two videos dropped. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the two videos dropped because you know we were talking earlier about marketing. Yeah. And the new rollout strategies that people are using while doing music, and yeah. and we'll go back to whatever you have notes on. I, I don't want to get to skipping around too much, but but uh, but you know, okay. So he drops these two really dope, really hip hop infused records, like yeah. super. And what he did with just just for the technical purposes, explain it. What he did with that was. Before the videos came out, the videos were part of the documentary. The mm. videos came out officially two days later, so you had to watch the documentary to get or either rip it off there. So it was part of the documentary. It was pretty mm. cool. He would talk for a minute and then they'll show the video. Anyway, it's yeah. two songs that, that yeah, came it's dope. Out. But you know, of course, you know we, we're still a part of the age of shock value and all of these yeah. different things, man. And like, of course, I know he went straight one. to the neck, brand. He yeah. was, you know, he didn't say any names, which you know. Which I don't know if, if that was like clever or if that was not clever. However, we know what he was doing. He was talking about some artists that he dealt with or is fans of or knows or yeah, whatever. Yeah, someone's called False, false Prophets. Yeah, False Prophets, man, was really, really, a really, really touching record to me. Okay. Just because I felt like, you know, I kind of can, I can relate to that record. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been in this position before where I've seen these types of things happen you know what i mean where and and i was just wondering you know what i'm saying like what do you think about that as a marketing strategy is it you think he wrote the song for mark as a marketing strategy or do you think well yeah if you, you know if you recall if you recall just go back to forest hills drive mm-hmm. just go back there he, he put out a song called what was that song called um i'm gonna have to look it up but basically he talked about white rappers Iggy Azalea and Eminem ah, and Macklemore right for shock value right and everybody I remember people in Detroit oh he talking about Eminem he can't come to Detroit everybody was going up in arms about and he said oh no I'm not this him I'm just saying you know so this is a, a this is a pattern you okay know what I'm saying? Like, All right, what they then? did this last time so let's go you know I caught on to it real quick real quick the exact same thing and they and they even I think even talked about it a little bit in the documentary they didn't right. say it 
exactly, but they talked about how they wanted to put a song out similarly to that. What's the name of that? Let me look it up real quick. What's called? Yeah, uh, yeah. We got Mike Fire S. Squad. We got Mike S. in the studio yeah, with us today Thank too, you. man. Yeah. Producer Mike <laughs> S. is. is Kicking it with us today, so we got somebody helping us with some of this information. Yeah. We, we well, he put out Fire Squad, where right. he's taking shots at Macklemore, yeah, yeah. Iggy Azalea, yeah, Eminem. I remember that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So which was he, dope. It was a dope record too. Yeah, yep. yeah, great record. I like the uh, the bass in that. Yeah, in that record, pretty nice. Eight away, but anyway. Uh, well, so I'm, f- I've, I've become you know these last two records, man. Just you know, so I could just kind of give my opinion on it, man. Like it actually, it's actually solidified my fanship for him at this point i wasn't all the way on the j code bus at first you know i really wasn't feeling the first project at all but then okay. the fourth this uh forest what was the one that the latest one yeah he had three three out he got three out the first album i wasn't really feeling the whole uh you know if Nas give me permission record whatever that was uh that was that was the second album for the third album let Nas down all right yeah okay so i i got on board at born at born center and I stuck, I kind of liked it, but I think that's the one that had the Nas record yeah, on it. Yeah, letting Nas down. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, eh, it's, yeah, yeah, I, right. you know what I'm saying? I was, I was really kind of starting to feel it. Now a lot of people was kind of coming at him about his production, kind of saying that like his production ain't up the part. But I'm like, what's up the part? Because like really, as a producer, I gotta give him props. Like the shit jamming. I ain't never had a moment where I was like, yo, this shit ain't jamming. Yeah. I now nah, I might be like, it probably could have been more jamming had right. it been whatever but that was that's kind of a whack way to look at shit like nah man like i get a dude props for being able to yeah you know because like only he can see his vision you know what i'm saying and i'm curious is i'm curious if he intentionally showed that behind the scenes production to kind of be kind of yeah to show his prowess oh, man, i guarantee because he, he was that. giving instructions to musicians and he like you know really pro- so i wonder if that was intentional to show people right, like, right. look i i'm producing i'm a producer right well then you know that I then after that of course uh, the Force Drive out Force Hills Drive came out and that's when I really was like dude is dope dude dude got he's solid well, I, I remember me and you used yeah. to have like major conversations yeah. about it because I wasn't a hundred percent sold and it wasn't because I didn't like don't think he was dope or none of that but yeah you know man we all doing music so I'm just out here like critiquing the music from the same same standpoint I would anybody else and if it moves me it moves me if it doesn't it doesn't doesn't mean I don't like the, the artist or so but but then these two records come out and I don't even care who produced them hope if he did then dope but or yeah. not but it just, man, it just kind of, it's starting to kind of make sense to me, man, who J. Cole is, you know, for, as, as, and me being the type of person who wasn't up on it early, you know what I mean? Because I can remember listening to him, we're from the Carolinas, man, so I was well aware of him way before this thing really started to jump. I, you know, I remember the hype of him getting with Jay-Z and all of the stuff that was just in place in it. I just wasn't like a Friday Night Light mixtapes, man. Was 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 the, the biz. Yeah, yeah. I lived up. I'm gonna go back. Me. I'm gonna go back, man. Maybe I have yeah, a different yeah. perspective on yeah. it now. But much respect to J Cole, man. Because like honestly, I at this point, man, I'm like he definitely earned his pl- his place for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, according to Genius, False Prophets was produced by Freddie uh, Joke Joker. Yeah. I'll yeah. Take that right. Well, that's cool. Cause I mean, the beat the beat was some real organic hip hop shit. I mean, it was yeah. cool. It wasn't like excellent, but yeah. Well, it was cool. I, I think that because uh, see, you know, there's a first verse and a second verse. Right. And the second verse, people have concluded he's talking about Wale. Yeah, yeah. And nah, that, they pretty. Yeah. It's and pretty. and, I, and I, it sounds like it because 
the way he described the person right. sounds like a Wale it's pretty much. Right. Wale's always getting his feelings. Yeah, and then about check it out. Then Wale comes back and drops his record. So, the and name. then they go to the basketball game with him. Right. On Snapchat together right. laughing. Yeah, so. so they all this. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, that's the only thing I don't like about today's hip hop, man. It's like the market employees are kind of played, man. It's like, don't try to fool the people with all that. Like, you know what I mean? Let's let's and I guess let's kind of diss each other and then you know, but we ain't really mad at each other, you know. Yeah, and and and, and just to uh, what the hell is that? Just shit, to man? just just to clarify, <laughs> this beat was a beat uh, that, that, that that Freddie produced, but it was a Joy Badass song. So he just used the same beat as Joy Badass. So yeah, basically, dude. we getting all hyped up about these two records that ain't even gonna be on the damn album. This might. This That's not gonna make the album, bro. They ain't gonna make the album. Them was just straight street buzz records. Like they getting us ready. They setting us up for well, see, just the this, unannounced J Cole album. That's probably gonna come out what any it, day now. You this, know what this, I mean? It was supposed to come out Friday, but the second song is one I really like the most, man. Because I thought he was really spitting and. I'm gonna just say this too. Man, he was straight dissing the, the but new. But see, yeah, let, me, but let me just clarify that too because one thing I didn't like, man. I try to be politically correct in public, man, diplomatic. So I didn't say what I really felt mm-hmm. on my little. But I'll just go ahead and say I just want to because we, we've been talking about the ongoing battle between old school and new, new school, school and like. And what I didn't like, man, and I hope I don't offend nobody. I really don't. I love everybody. I really do, man. But what I didn't like was that. Cause he, he kind of got at some of these new rappers, right? Which is cool, cause that's what rappers rappers it's do, hip-hop, right? But a lot of these old heads, man, was like, yeah, J Cole. I see on my timeline all these OGs, and it's like, man, nigga, shut but, your but old. But man, head. but like, really, man, he snapped on. on them too, though, man. He snapped on the OGs too, bro. Like he did a little he, bit, but, but, but they all like, that's right, real bar, get him. Well, for, you get him, you do something, right? Let's see what you gonna I got, do. I got to reference my boy Rook. Rook is hilarious, man. Yeah. Rook, Rook goes, you know. <laughs> Rook said, "Man, if you've been rapping for more than two years, and you still ain't got shit off, you cannot talk about Lil Yachty or <laughs> nobody." <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you know it. But man, yeah, I, you know, listen, man, I, I'm put it like this. I no like matter- it though. I just don't like how the old heads try to like jump in and like, yeah, yeah that's right. Oh no, no, that's his song. That ain't that ain't gonna save you, old nigga. Come out and oh, do something. Nigga. That ain't gonna save you. It's just kind of like, man, and, and you know, I'm an older guy. I'm just saying, but like, I don't like the people hate, man. Like, I don't like some of this new stuff, but I just my thing man, is, listen, if, if, you I, don't, if you don't like it, leave it alone. Right. Like the Talk way I, the way do, I look like. at it is, you know. I'm about action, and as long as somebody like a J. Cole and a Crit and all these other people, man, continue to put the records out that matter, then you got to let them kids have that. You know that those saying they used to have, man, leave them kids alone, man. Let them go do their thing, but you don't have to go jumping over there. That's why I used to make comments, you know, I be getting blacked out on by people because I done put on my timeline, if you over 35 years old, you don't even be doing no trap music. And I get blacked out on for a couple people, you know. But I'm like, man, that's not really the point. I wasn't, like, trying to come in nobody's neck. But, you know what I'm saying? If you're not creative enough for the tip, if that, you know, if you got to do what everybody else is doing, it's really the point I'm trying to make. Like, you know what I'm saying? Most likely, if you are creative, you are not going to dare have anything come out that sound like something else. They ain't yeah. just that ain't gonna happen if you creative. Yeah. Now if you a trender, if you down with what's popping right now, you know, okay. Now like take it personal, cause I'm telling the truth. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie to you. It's like shit. If you 
you know what I'm saying. Like if I was listening to your music three years ago and it wasn't trap music, but I'm listening to your music now and it is trap music, you trendy, bro. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Now, when trap music gone five years from now, you still trap music, then I might change my mind, but you gotta wait. <laughs> and by then you'll be 45. All right, now we gotta talk about my shit now. What's that? Okay. We gotta um, do it. I know, I know we don't got time. No, 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 no. I feel like an idiot because <laughs> I've been so busy preparing for this. I still didn't listen. I'm, I'm mad I didn't listen. To All right, well, I'm gonna go. We're gonna, we're gonna bring it up <laughs> and then we're gonna revisit it. Listen, I'm ashamed, man. Childish Gambino's album is amazing. Period. For song. everybody listening to this, I don't care what you think. <laughs> and that's free game <laughs> That's free game We can cut the show off right now Cause listen man I just love it man It, 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 it What he did man Was he went back And he And, and he cre- Recreated a, a An era man He went and fucked with like that Funkadelic And uh You know Bootsy Collins Vibe Bruh it was That's um, my alley right there. It's jamming man And you know, like, and if, you know, as, as you know, because he has the big show Atlanta that came out, man. And as, as of late, in the last few years, he's been really vocal about his artistry, what he stands for. You know what I'm saying? And, bro, like, honestly, this album, man, just made me, like, absolutely love this dude, man. Like, and, and his vision for whatever he's doing. I will probably forever be a fan now at this point because I'm like, yo, this dude got balls. He's doing what everybody, in my opinion, should be doing. Like I said, if you come out, because I'll tell you what his big mistake was on his last album. Okay. His last album was trendy, bro. He went there. Everything everybody else was doing. Now, you can listen to the songs and tell that he's way more creative than this. Mm -hmm. But he did the trendy shit probably because... Maybe at that time in his career he felt like it. Maybe he did it on purpose. I don't know. Because he seems to be one of them type of dudes who just, I'll do what I feel like doing. So maybe he felt like doing that. So I ain't coming at his neck for that. But at the same time, when I heard this album, I'm going, yo, this is what I'm talking about. Like, we were sitting here expecting some type of rap album, some type of, you know, whatever. Even if it was to the left, I was expecting that. But man, now this wasn't nothing what I was expecting. I didn't even know what I was listening to at first. I had to remake sure, like, like, is it another artist out here named Child? Is it another artist named Gambino or something? Like, I was yeah, thrown yeah. all the way off at first okay. until I, you know, you know, of course, checked it out, and I was like, yo, this shit is out of control, man. And I just want to like for for the nerds and for the homies, man, on here, like for us nerds in the music business, it's that album. The production on it is pristine. He went and got together with uh, a producer. Uh, man, look it up for me uh, if you don't mind. Uh, but this guy, man, is like from Sweden or somewhere or from another place. But he lives out in L.A. Uh, I can't even say, I can't remember his name, man. It's uh. Anyway, he got with him and they pulled together a bunch of dope musicians, man. And like this album is incredible. And whoever mixed the album, you know what I mean. Uh, like I said, we'll give this a fair talk once you listen to it, Brian, and we can really research the names and have so we can properly 
uh, you know, educate all of our listeners Lug, on the Lugwig. Yeah, Lugwig, Lugwig, something. Yeah, but we'll figure all that out. But at any rate, I just want the fan. I just want our listeners to know that you know this will complete your day mm. if you go check out this album. Now, now it's got moments where like you, if it ain't if it ain't for you, it ain't. But that's any album. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He didn't. I don't believe he wrote a record on here for the radio. Okay. I just don't. You know what I'm saying? Which I respect even more, especially nowadays. Hey! <laughs> All right. What's up, man? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my son Liam has arrived. Hey! <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I need... I, come on, man. All right, so hold on, y'all. Bye, man. Got a haircut? Got a nice haircut and everything yeah. up in here. Bye. All right, so yeah, so what, what else, man? Because I, you know, I just wanted to let everybody know about that Childish Gambino album. It's incredible. It's a lot of pretty, pretty loaded, man. Uh, Kid Cudi had an album coming out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, you know, it was delayed. It was supposed to come out uh, a while ago, I think September. Yeah. He had to go to rehab for depression. It was called Passion, Pain, and Demon's Land. Mm. So that's kind of anticipated. I know his last album didn't, didn't do as well as his. You age. know what, though, man? I don't know how I'm feeling right now, man, but I don't really like the fact that the album is coming out right around the time that he just hit the whole internet up with being mentally ill, and then the album title is like really, like it's all kind of tied. Like it might be kind of like, like it might be a little marketing, like some marketing strategy or something, man. Like, cause man, oh man, here we go, this bullshit. Yeah, so he goes and falls out a few weeks before that with Kanye, right? Kanye and Drake. Kanye and Drake publicity stunt i don't know if it is or not whatever but it sounds like one looks like one then you come back now so you cool with kanye and kanye go he have his moment right but then your album is about to drop like this is just all too coincidental to me you know what i mean like and i know that it happens i know that people go through things man so like god bless him if or i'm not even gonna say if god bless him that he's going through that but come on man like I don't know, man. As a fan, I don't know that I'm going to be looking to check that out right now. I'm going to wait till I, I don't feel like I'm getting played. <laughs> I'll let you know my opinion. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, and, and again, this is pretty crowded. I mean, Gucci Man already had his album released for a while, Return of East Atlanta Center. You know, that's your music. And I'm a big Gucci fan. So he had, um, I think, two albums come on already this year. Yeah, but this one's a Christmas one. I guess. I mean, well, well, you know, he had mixtapes called East Atlanta Center. So this is like okay. a series for him. Oh, that's dope. You know, so his core fans are, are loving it. And yeah, I saw like a little video piece, man. He riding in the, in the red. Uh, well, I heard a couple songs. He, he got a song on Bryson Tiller that's out of here, man. Mm. Out of here. Um, what is it called? It's, right, it's on the first page of the title when you open up the title. Uh, so Bryson Tiller's album about to come out too soon, I guess. I guess. It's weird, though, because I thought this was supposed to be an exclusive album for either Spotify or Apple Music. But the song was the single is on title, but whatever. It's all these streaming wars is kind of weird. But anyway, that's coming out. But that's been announced a while ago, though. But within the last week, though, J Cole made his announcement, and the Locks made it. This is the first album I think like 20 years. Man, the Locks. Now the Locks for me is my favorite group next to NWA <laughs> as far as hip hop. Man, that's interesting. Yeah, I my favorite. Been... Right under NWA is the Locks. Were you like an Outcast fan or not? Nah? Because like, you I can't be too. up in my house on no Outcast. Nah. You ain't gonna mention Outcast. Nah, and nah, I'm just playing. Outcast top five groups. <laughs> top five group for we had a discussion one day. But I but you know, I got Wu Tang up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. The Ghetto Boys. 
Oh, I agree. Uh, like, no, like, like I was just kind of picking at you. To me, because bar for bar, they, I just thought their production was dope. But, you know, all they mixtapes all these years, they just never really locked in an album mode. So I'm yeah. curious to see. And they got two songs out. One of them I really like, one of them I don't like so much. But they coming out is next. Swiss, uh, is Swiss on the beats on it? I hope so. Yeah. I don't know. I think I heard something like... Uh, the locks and I heard DMX's album is doing. Man, too. I saw Swiss and Cassie in the studio though on oh. Instagram. Oh my goodness, that'll be real nice. Now, again, talking about my favorites. This is you know, this, this ain't the Brian Bell favorite show, but Cassie's one of my favorite spitters of all time. Well, man, you know what? As and, for Swiss, like when it comes to Swiss beats, like I think that that that's a great move for him. Like I mean, he's done everything. Like it's, like what else could you possibly want to do besides go work on what? Made I'm you telling you, a tribe called like, Quest I would, opened the door for all this, man. Brought all this shit back around. Quest it did, man. Nah, that's opened crazy. Opened the door for everybody. Not all these phones are ringing. Yo, man. Them we need that. To, between the Bad Boy reunion tour, a tribe called Quest, like, it's a resurgence of that old sound. And it shows it's viable. Because tribe called Quest sold, you know, 130,000 copies. Well, yeah, man. Week. I was talking to somebody about this. It might have been you, man. But I was just talking about the whole concept of how, like, uh, Hip hop ain't but forty years old right now, anyways. Yeah. Like so, so it's kind of hard to say that the older hip hop music or that generation wouldn't survive now. Like I just think that it's becoming, we're we're all becoming more awakened by how good the music was, man, and how good the music can still be. Like hip hop didn't have to really change so much. And even if it does change, like, that's okay for that to be the forefront of what's now. But that doesn't mean, like, it's kind of like, you know, like rock music and all the other genres. It's like, yo, like, okay, cool, man. Taylor Swift is killing it, man. But people still go to Garth Brooks concerts, period. They still go. They still go to Rolling Stone concerts, bro. Like, them dudes is 80 years old. They still going. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think, I think, I just think that what happened with hip hop or what's starting to happen was... So it's kind of we kind of owe these young kids <laughs> some props, man, for like creating that dialogue. Cause it got so it got so bad for some listeners that they like, nah, man, we're gonna go we're gonna go ahead and keep this alive now. And then there's another thing that's going on that I think we might not really pay that much attention to, but it's real, mm-hmm. bro. It's a whole lot of old school hip hop radio stations popping up. Yeah. Like they got that yeah. is popping harder right now for hip hop than even the new stations. Like more people yeah, are going to this. Atlanta has three. We got three in Atlanta, exactly, bro. And That's every crazy. city has one now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's that kind of might have something to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Because, bro, if you ride around all day listening to 90s, 2000, 2010 hip hop, why can't I go on tour off of that? Like. You know what I mean? If 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 Luda's records are playing right now in heavy rotation, Luda got he always gonna but, be working. But I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago though. And I'll mention it again briefly. That's dope. But it's a difference between rappers who got a amazing catalog and they don't ever gotta make music again, versus rappers who got an amazing catalog but can still make dope music now. Because yeah, yeah. Like I love. I don't want to call nobody name. I ain't gonna sit on it. But it's certain groups that I love. Yeah. But I don't want to hear no new, new records from. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I, whereas, I get that. whereas the locks, I hear they join. It's like or DJ or for me a DJ Quick or somebody. Like I'm always, you know. Yeah, I kind of feel some. like anything over 20 years old, you know, it's old. It's old. It's whatever. I don't hear that either. 
You know what I'm saying? But if it's, you know, 10, 15 years old, you know, and like, because you got to think about it, if it's 15 years old now, that means them cats was in their... They was in their early 20s when those records came out. So they right. still still got value. They still valid. Still have, you know, value in their their lives if they took care of themselves and continue, you know, can right. really get right. behind what they do. But, yeah, I ain't trying to hear nothing from, like, Big Daddy Kane, no shit like yeah. that. Like, like I, yeah. I mean, shout out to Big Daddy Kane, though. I mean, extra dope, but, like, I ain't checking for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 shout, where, out where, to, where? shout out to Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane and his bitch. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, and the whole Juice Crew, they're doing a, a reunion, as a matter of fact, at the, at the end of next month. So that's pretty dope. But yeah, man, so all that. And then uh, I think one more album coming out. One more. Who else is. Uh, oh, just today. Just today, literally on the way over here, I saw on Instagram a TDE release statement that App Soul coming out Friday. That's gonna be dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I hope it's dope because I love Absol, man. Yeah. I always thought that his production wasn't as dope as it needed to be because he's my second. He's oh, I put it out there. Yeah, I mean, because Absol is incredible, man. He's my second favorite on TDE. He needs he, he needs some willpower on that joint, man. Yes, he, sir, he, man. He I'm gonna call up Absol right now. <laughs> A man, listen, my manager here trying to talk to me, and I'm trying to do a show. Uh, hold on. You got it from here. Yeah, so that's basically it, man. We uh, got a dope interview, man, with uh, Dow Jones from the business. And Dow Jones is like, you know, one half of the business. Yes, sir. Henny. Great interview coming up. Yeah. I don't know if we want to let the cat out the bag about next week or not, but we do, we interview Henny, too. I don't know yeah, yeah, we're going to run Henny after this one. Henny's uh, next week, so yeah, it's stay dope, tuned. Right? Like and, a and, thing. you know, for those that are fans of them, like when we did this interview, we weren't aware of uh, whatever their situation is, which, you know, uh, basically they, they work together, but they also don't work together depending on whatever they want to get into. So this is a great production duo, and they're also great producers on their own. Yeah. And the business has done some of the most amazing records of our time, you know. Uh, so, you know, you guys will be able to pick all that out in this amazing, hilarious interview. My man, my man goes off, it's man. Dow drops some gems in this thing, bro. He drops some great game, man. Like, if you're a yeah. hustler, if you're trying to make it in any industry, right. but especially the music industry, get your pen and pad, man, and uh, take some notes for this one. Yeah, man. So uh, we're going to drop a record. You know, lately, man, I've been just kind of dropping records, man. I noticed that. I'm going to yeah. keep on dropping records. It's record. funny because I don't even know what's cool. what he's going to drop and talk I'm listen dropping, to it on, on Wednesday I'm going to drop myself. a record. You know so, what I'm saying? It's like, it is what it is. We're going to take this beat break, and then uh, we're going to come back, man, with Dow Jones from The Business. Yeah. Uh, holla. You smart, hard eye. Fucking with a nigga like me. You smart, hard eye. Fucking with a nigga like me. You just wanna stop it. Like it, you just want heartache. Do you know I'm 
Welcome back to the Free Game Producer Podcast with Will Power. We got a very special guest on the line. We've got producer Dow Jones from The Business. Yeah. Now, for all the listeners out there, got to do your homework. The Business is one of the best production teams in the game. Yeah. I mean, their discography is amazing. Everyone from 50 Cent, G-Unit, Chris Brown, Ice Cube, Trey Songs, R. Kelly, Kendrick Lamar, the list goes on and on. Jeezy, all kind yeah, of folks. Yeah, Jeezy. I mean, I could just name, you know, name drop for a while, and it's definitely an honor and a privilege to have Dow Jones on the line. How you yeah. doing, sir? What's up, man? I thought it was just another day. Just another day. Yeah, man. Well, dude, I, I really just want to thank you, man, for taking some time out, man, to kick it with us. Uh, I, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. You guys have, uh, you know, been a, a production favorite of mine for a long time. So uh, let's get let's get right into it, man. Uh, so we, we were kind of, you know, we of course we did some research on you, man, and everything, dude. And uh, I, I didn't realize you guys were from Seattle, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, man, you know, just just on the on the one other side of the world, you know, uh, everybody know about the Suicide Red and Kurt Cobain, you know what I mean? We had to come <laughs> and bring the music through, you know what I mean? But the one thing that, that it just didn't took like like the start of like everything that, that happened or whatever was like some of our other homies like uh, Jake One and sort of uh, body they were like 
Like legends, you see like that's your eyes are coming out. Like Jake, he had he had signed a fifty even before I met Shot Money and stuff. And so Jake was having like Lloyd Banks records and stuff like that popping in. And so it was just funny. You there? He was one of the labels in music. They had four cats from Seattle doing majority of the beats, which was, you know, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, of all the, the cities, you know, cities and states around the country that it's like, you know, that that's where the top artists was getting their music from. It wasn't like California, New York, something like that. So, you know, it's kind of cool to, to open the door for something new, you know what I mean, and, and bring something else on. And, you know, now, now you see Macklemore's and some of these other cats, you know, come in and, and, and kind of, Picked up the torch and ran with it a little bit. Yeah, that that's really dope, man. One of uh, another <clears throat> one of my uh, favorite producers, man, is Jake One from out there, and uh, Malaya is out there. It's like y'all y'all kind of got a, yeah. a a breeding ground, man, of just like really really dope music people, man. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I look at it kind of like how uh, Toronto is, where you got you know Boy Wonder, T Minus, Frank Dukes, like all the cats up there, and I, and I think it's kind of like the cities is. It's kind of similar in a way, you know what I mean? Right. Where it's like they cool, laid back spots, and and it's you know just kind of diversity a little bit because especially with like with like Seattle and just with Washington, it's like you know it's a big uh, I guess what you could say like a military depot where it's like they got a lot of a lot of like bases and stuff like that. So it's like you'll get cats coming in from you know all over the world, all over the country, and it's like they. You know, coming up, bringing different vibes and, right. and different culture, and so I think that's what kind of, you know, hel- helps make it more diverse, probably than what it should be, because it's not, you know, it's not really close to nothing. It's like it's a four-hour drive to Portland. You know what I mean? It's like a thirteen, sixteen-hour drive to Los Angeles. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it ain't close to nothing. Where it's like, you know, if you're on the East Coast, if you're on the South, man, you get in the car for for an hour, two hours. You know, you're hitting a couple of different states, and so you know, definitely, definitely takes a little bit more to kind of you know uh, get your music from there out to the rest of the world. But you know, right. it, it, it's just been proven that it can be done. You know what I mean? Nah, that's that's really yeah. dope. Now, is it true? Did you start out DJing first? Was that how you originally got into music, or is, did I get the impression? Yeah, I mean, you know, shit, man. I, I've done everything. Like my big brother uh, DV1, he's a Rock City Crew DJ, and like he used to DJ for the uh, Seahawks and stuff. So. Like, he used to take me out on the road early. And so I'd, like, have to help him, like, shit, basically on some, like, roadie type shit. Like, I'd have to set up the gear. I'd have to bring the crates and, and all that shit back when there was no, you know, Serato or nothing like that. So, right. you know, he kind of he kind of taught me the game from, you know, from the real side, from the, you know, from the real hip-hop side and all that shit. And so, you know, I, I started out uh, doing that. I'd always done and mixtapes and stuff in high school and, and they just kind of grew out and then uh, some cats in, in uh, LA had reached out and uh, they was called the County Untouchable DJs and at that time like they was winning all the Just the Old Mixtape Awards for you know all the West Coast stuff and all that so nice. uh, I moved down to LA and then kind of got started with them and then shit I you know got a chance to meet Just the Old go out to the awards I got uh, nominated West Coast DJ of the Year and things like that so you know I kind of kind of use that to, to to get started you know what i mean like when i was a, a kid i mostly you know sports was my thing so i was always doing uh i was always doing that but you know i always had, had that love for music but didn't really know like how to get it out or you know like mm-hmm. what i was gonna do right, so you right. know what I'm saying? everything just kind of progressed through time 
Nice, yeah. Rest in peace, Justo, man. I didn't know you uh, won awards. Just that's pretty. It's pretty dope. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Like you humbly. And it was, and, you, you, and it was funny too, because it's like, you know, niggas I was talking about, especially like back in them, them times, like East Coast, West Coast bias, and it was definitely some funny shit. Because I remember the first time going out there for the mixtape awards, like, man, them niggas didn't even announce none of the West Coast shit. Like what? by the time, by the time they got done with all, all everybody else section. Nigga, the, the venue was like, all right, it's time for y'all motherfuckers to go. And I was like, oh, man, that's bullshit. <laughs> but, but I guess, you know, that, that's just part of the game. That's just how it goes. You gotta, what, what I say, you gotta respect your out of townness sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta respect, respect not being local, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. Nah, that's dope. So, how did that go? Again, rest in peace, Justo. But how did that go from uh, DJing to producing? Uh, I mean, I'd always mess around with, with, with gear and stuff. And I kind of, you know, I'm kind of good at analyzing shit. Because, like I said, I, like I used to do everything. I, like, when I was doing the uh, the mixtape shit, one of my big homies, they own, like, the uh, biggest independent record stores in Seattle called RS um, they had they had put me on to manage one of them shit. So like we was bringing artists to town to do shows. Like we was doing street promo, you know, promoting clubs, doing all that. Like uh, a couple of my boys that uh, uh, got drafted for professional sports. Like I DJ promoted and did all their uh, their draft parties. So it's like I learned the game from all sides, not from just being a DJ or a producer or artist or whatever it is. Like, right. I figured it out. Like, I'm going to do all the jobs early so I know what all this shit is. Right. And, you know, from there, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm DJing. I'm out, here, I'm out here in L.A. Man, it's all the artists out here. So I just was like, shit, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get with all the new artists that, that's kind of, you know, before they popping. Because, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, like, I've always been good with that. Like, I've always been able to, to find everybody before everybody else finds everybody, mm, so that's dope. I was I was I was using the tapes as an outlet because at that time tapes was popping. So artists, you know, they wanted to be on the shits for the exposure. So I just started it out like, all right, cool, you finna jump on this tape, and you finna jump on one of these beats too. Right, and the, you know, and then it started it started going like that. And then the other thing too, I knew was being cool with the radio DJs. So I was cool with all the cats about Power One Hundred Six. Yeah, and then nice. a couple of them, they started to get their own uh, like primetime late night show. So like it started at like nine o'clock, whatever locally. Right. So shit, I, I got uh, I got with this kid from from Compton, that problem, and shit, I got oh, yeah. him on the track, and we was like, fuck it, let's let's do the intro to that show, knowing that they was gonna play this shit every day of the week at fucking nine o'clock. You know wow, what I mean? So that's we had crazy. Done, we had done that, and that's kind of how how problem kind of first got started you know what i mean so nice. you know then went from there to you know getting with everybody like j-rock glass uh who else was on their game you know basically pretty much all the all the west coast cats you know what i mean even uh all my bay homies like mr fab kick the sneak e40 like shit pretty much everything up and down the coast man i just made sure to to always be there like i go to, to the, the magic conventions where they do all the clothes shit because like back in the back in the yeah, day Vegas, it was right? way more popping than it was now probably because like I think us as a culture, we didn't know about this shit as much. Right. So it was easier to, to go up there and to do them things, and you know, kind of use one hand to wash the uh, wash the other. Because like there was a couple times, uh, um, different boxers and stuff. Like they started their own like clothing lines, and so they'd have 
me and the crew come out and DJ. And so while we was out DJing for the shit in Vegas, we was politicking with all the artists that, you know, artists want to be around entertainers, entertainers want to be around artists. So we was just pretty much using like, you know, using everybody else's uh, needs to kind of fulfill our needs. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's just kind of kind of how that how that got going. And, you know, I, I just kind of followed the breadcrumbs. Like, as soon as one thing started popping off, you know, it led to something else. I mean, like, it was easy to get on Kendrick album when I've been fucking with Kendrick and J-Rock since, you know, K-Dot days. You know what I mean? Wow, so it's like it was crazy. nothing. It's just like these were the homies. Like, I can call Top Dog on the phone. It's nothing. You know what I mean? And it, it just, it's just a thing that it's like... Especially, especially now, I be looking at shit and cats like they don't know how to intermingle with each other, and they don't know how to build relationships. You know what I mean? And they also don't know how to deal with adversity. Like I remember shit, um, shit. First time I moved to Atlanta, like niggas that had the fifty cent stuff and all that popping, and then realizing when you come to Atlanta. Man, them niggas ain't playing that shit. Them niggas, I don't know them songs. Right. So it's like you gotta you gotta start brand new. And I remember like. Um, I was cool with, with T.I. and Grant Hustle before I came down here, so I, you know, I knew him and C-Rod and, and some of the other PSC homies, and so he was at a birthday party, and I seen Ross, and so I went up to him, introduced myself or whatever, and this nigga Ross just was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, nigga, get your way there. And so I was like, all right, cool. And then shit, we had done uh, my president record for Jeezy. Right. And then shit, that, that next year, Got another call from uh, Ross and Gucci Pucci. Oh man, come over to the house. Let's play some beat. Right. So, you know, you could you could have taken you could have taken it one way. Like, well, fuck you, nigga. You don't know me, but at the same time, like, you just gotta respect the nigga. Like, cool. If, if they don't see you, make them see you. You right. know what I mean? Instead of okay. bitching and, and crying about shit. And I, you wow. know, that's how I be feeling now. It's like it's like motherfuckers don't know how to deal with shit. Like niggas take everything like either over personal or just like nigga just grind. Get your fucking right. working. Cause right. your work, your work gonna speak for itself. Right, that's dope, man. That that that's real dope, man. Good like, game. Yeah, that's that's free game. So like, so how did you meet Henny, man? Ah, uh, man, just just from being around, you know what I mean. Like, like Cass was doing that thing separate or whatever, and you know, obviously, like you know, coming from Seattle, and there wasn't really too many cats like doing shit, you know, kind of in the in the big pond of music. Right. So it's just you know, it's like all right, chill. Heard, heard what you're doing, heard what you're doing, cool. And then, and then you know, we both was kind of not really liking how the people that was kind of running our business uh, separately at the time was doing. So we just decided to, you know, to get together and, and you know, just keep it moving. And then shit, you know, from there, everything else kind of kind of did what it did. You know what I mean? Like pretty right. much all the, all the foundation and groundwork that I had laid from, you know, like I said, taking all the jobs, like learning everything about the music shit and, and also just being a good ass people person and, and having a good eye for talent. You know what I mean? Led to, led to everything, you know, a meeting Drake and being probably one of three people in America that knew who the fuck Drake was at the time. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, shit, niggas were just on the curve, the curve early to a lot of these cats that, that popped off, you know what I mean? From, from Kendrick to Drake to Proudmoon to whoever, you know what I mean? Like, right. shit. Motherfuckers can't say that, that they don't know me, and that all came from just being out. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't never had a and R place a record ever. It always just came from being with artists and, and being cool with them. You know what right. I mean? Because if you try to sit around and wait on these labels, man, shit, you're gonna be out the loop if, if they don't got a uh, hand in your pocket. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I, I can honestly say, man, it's I've been to many places, man, and I run right into you, man, because you be there and you know it, it's true, man. Everybody knows you and everybody respects you. Like your face card is good, man, and and I, I think that that's that's some that's really something good to give to our listeners, man. That you know it's really important that people, you know, when they see you, they know that it's about being real. It's about it's a respect thing, man. And like I I, I ran into you one time, man. Uh, I think it was we were doing something with Tech Nine, and it's like when you pulled up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Tech Nine, yeah. know, he know you like a brother, and I was like, wow, this is crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was just really, really dope, man, to see that like you got reach like that with with people. You know what I'm saying? And and that that's that's cold, man. Yeah, no, like I man, like I always say, man, you got to be out of town, local, man. You you got to be good. If you don't, if you ain't cool. With somebody in, in each city, you ain't doing it right. And what I used to always do too was I always fuck with the street cats in each city because I know majority of the time, at least back in the day, probably more than it is now. Right, man, the street cats in the city, man, was just they were just real dudes, straight up front. You know what I mean? They they do good business, like everything cool. And so I, you know, I always made sure I had that I had that good background, and you know that led to to different relationships, like. Like one of tech security is the homie OG Muggs and yeah, Muggs well, came up with Mac Ten and they pretty much shit they was running you know what I mean the, their parts of Inglewood when they right. was coming up so on the West Coast man everybody know that you know what right, I mean so right. it just came like those little, little relationships like not always chasing the big dog but sometimes chasing the lower cat on the the totem pole within the circle just to kind of get in because if you look at it everybody chasing over the big dog but right. shit you be cool with the other cat. Shit, that's how that's how you got in there. I mean, hey. that's how the gene and shit happened to to get niggas first situation. Niggas at the Twenty One Questions video shoot in L.A. and while everybody was trying to talk to Fifty, it was uh, two cats, Lloyd Banks and Young Buck. And at the time, niggas didn't know who they was. You know what I mean? Right. So niggas gave them a CD, and then shit. Uh, maybe about a couple months later, shot money and hit, and was just like shit. I heard the beats. Wanna, you know, we want to see about doing a situation. So. You know, that all go into it. And then the other thing that go into it, too, I always say is you ain't going to meet nobody new sitting at home. Right, man. Leave that's the house crazy. and go do shit. You know what I mean? And, and also, too, don't look to be seen. Because a lot of times I'll go to shit and I may not say nothing or I may not know nobody. But I'll make sure motherfuckers at least know that I'm there. So that the next time that they see me, it, be, it start to become a situation like you don't got to be cool with somebody at first. But if they start to see you in the, at the same places that they're at, right. that they think are important, right. then it's like you become important just by the circumference of the situation. You right, know what I mean? man. That's dope, bro. Nah, that's that's real. That's dope. So it's like a lot, a lot of this shit really be simple, man, but it's just like motherfuckers don't be thinking or they just be too much on, on their own dick. Like niggas are supposed to fall over you the first time that they see you. And it's just like there's so much shit going on in this world that it, it's hard to really like go to somebody else and, and think that you're on their mind all day long. Like even as as producers for the young cats out there, nigga, if you meet somebody once and send them a beat, cool. But man, stay on their fucking line. Like you don't gotta hit them every day. Right. But right. shit, follow up and, and see what's up. Because a lot of times, cats will just forget. Not off of, of trying to slight you, right. but just because they got so much other shit going on, That's right, they may genuinely just forget that y'all had talked about doing something or, or that you had sent them some beats or, right. you know what I mean, whatever it is. So, you know, you just kind of got to be accountable for everything that you're doing. And then 
by you being accountable, you make other people accountable. And that's, that, right. that's why your shit will start to bubble because you'll start to get action going. And it's kind of like once the wheels start turning, it's hard for the wheel to stop. Right, man. And a lot of people, like you said, man, deal, dealing with adversity, man, is probably the best <clears throat> best lesson a cat could learn in this game. Like, you, you know, I've had plenty of situations where I sent something in and the first time they listened to it, they didn't get it. You could mess around saying the same thing back in a couple months, man, and it'd be the best shit they ever heard, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's really yeah. about, yeah. And, 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 and too, you can, you can realize, too, that, that a lot of this shit has to do with like the context, the conversation. Right. And by that, I mean, somebody can say something, and in their mind, they think of it one way. Like, they could tell you, I need a beat to sound like a, a Eskimo dancing on water. And right. it's like, they may know what that shit sound like, <laughs> but to you, you're looking at them like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, like, that's the, thing that, that's the thing that I realized, too, is being accepting, too, of when you're not there with the artist or there with a the person that's working, that you may have to go through sending them shit a few times right. just because your perception of what they're saying might be a little bit different of what they're looking for or what they need. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Absolutely, man. And so, you know, it just go back into our thing and not take, not take shit personal. You know what I mean? Like, like really, honestly, I'll be telling motherfuckers, what's the worst thing anybody can say to you? Yeah. The worst thing they can say is no. No, that's But it. guess what? If you if you reaching out to somebody new, they was already not doing nothing with you anyway. Right. So you was just taking a chance. Like, you really got nothing to lose. That's right. Right. Nothing to lose, man. Like, at that point, man, all you can do is gain. And then, who knows? You might get lucky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, 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 too, there's definitely many a cats that said no that later on changed their mind. Because, like, I remember shit... When I first done all the songs with Drake, I was going around like I, I went to Big John and some of these other cats. Right. And while they was they heard like the Little Wayne records that we had did, I was like, "Yo, there's this kid Drake coming. Like he's gonna be the one." And it was funny because they all looked at me and laughed like, "Man, I mean, what you mean? Like, man, somebody from Canada? Like that's not America. That sh that shit ain't gonna work." Right. But it's just it show you how, it show you how motherfuckers don't really as much as everybody say that they are creative and they in this shit, man. There's yeah. a lot of cats that don't got no fucking vision, man. They they may just have a job, right? You know what right, I mean? Right. And you also you got you you got to respect that too for what it is. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, there's many cats that that, that fronted on shit early and then was like, oh yeah, man, yeah, I, I see you, nigga, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, right. I knew you would. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm glad you you came around. It may have took a while, but you here now, so it's all good. Right. Exactly, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's dope. Now I was gonna ask you. were talking about uh, you know making records that fits a vibe that what someone is looking for to me good kid mad city was like the perfect album like and all the beats like fit perfectly uh to the scenario that he was explaining in the story when you all did that did you all like did you all know the story did you like how did that happen because that's to me even the, the, the serene intro I mean, you all did was incredible yeah i think i think it just came like from two things it came from the history of knowing him and then also just having more of an opportunity since I did have a history with them to be around them and to just see what they was talking about, see what they was getting inspired off of. Right. And from that, like, it was just knowing that Kendrick was influenced a lot by Outkast. Mm. And how Outkast would have, like, them weirder type beats that was still sonically in that era, but they was also something different. Right. And really, that's kind of what Shireen was. And so Shireen was, you know, uh, you know, a regular hip hop beat or whatever, and then 
you know, through uh, the connection that I got from reaching out to Native Instruments and started using their products like they had this effect called High Sky and it did this weird shit to kind of make everything, I guess kind of like what you would say, like, you know, the, the, the high um, EQ filter, kind of like what, what Mike Will kind of got known for a little bit. Right, right. It just started to do weird, weird shit to the instruments and so we just put it on there just, just to change the sonics up and was like, oh, this this kind of sound like some, some Rico Wade shit a little bit, you know what I mean? Right, so, right. We had done that, and, and, and it worked out. And it was crazy, too, because, like, at that time, like, shit, I was with him on the bus and everything, and, and I didn't even notice it. And he was playing all the other songs for the album, and he was like, oh, you ain't even heard this shit yet. And I was like, nah, I want Like, at this point in the process, I ain't heard it. And I was like, man, I just want to wait till it come out, because I'll be feeling more and more now. You don't get them moments no more, because it's like, every, like everything leak, everything come out. Like, right. niggas hear everything before it come out. So I was like, man, for this shit... I just want to wait. I want to listen to it the same time that the rest of the world listens to it. Right, right. And so, you know, that that was definitely a uh, a cool experience, you know, listening to that too, you know what I mean? And also with that, it, it go back into our shit of what we was talking about with you kind of got to be selfless a little bit because there was definitely no tag on that beat. But if there was a tag on that beat, just like on most of that album, there wasn't any tag. Right. Because it kind of make the, it, it cheapened the experience. Right. And I don't think it would have made that song the same because, like, the way that it started, like, it set the mood for the whole album, like, like y'all said. It did. And right, that's man. really what it's about, you know what I mean? Having these cohesive projects where it's like, if you had tags on all the shit, I remember Ken said this too, where he was like, man, it made this shit sound like a mixtape because everybody got a tag. You right. know what I mean? So I was like, no, nah, you're right. You're right. And, and it worked out perfectly. And, you know, like, like y'all said, definitely everything from the sequencing to how everything transitioned was, yeah, you know, it, it was amazing. And, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. I feel like that's really a lost, a lost art too is niggas don't know how to sequence their projects. Like, they just put songs. Like, fuck it, I'm going to put this song two, this song five, this song six. And it's like, I always felt that your album kind of got to be a roller coaster. You got to have that build up. Then by around track five or six, you got to be at where all the hot shit's at. Then you got to bring the people back down and then end back up on on a high note, whether that's, you know, a clubby joint or a a motivational type record. So it's like you leaving them with something going into the next one. And if you look at that, it's kind of like how TV shows or, or movies be where it's yeah. like they take you through that and then they leave you wanting more like you know it's just little shit like that where it's like I think that shit matters and you know you'll see in, in projects that, that end up lasting a lot of a long time they tend to have like the same type of formula with them right you know? yeah you know speaking of your, your tag um, I noticed just today when I was researching I realized that some records you all produced I didn't know about. So I guess I don't know when you all started to use the tag, but I was listening to, um, looking at your discography, and I noticed you produced some Ice Cube records on some of his last couple albums. And I'm like, wow. You know, in particular, um, Soul on Ice for I think it was the I Am West album, if I'm not mistaken. And it was, I don't think it was a tag on it. Oh, there. yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, some of them just came, you know, like some cats respected the moment and some cats thought they were bigger than the moment. So, you know, it kind of it is what it is, you know what I mean? And, okay, so yeah. you, you always had the tag, it's just that some people didn't use it or not. Yeah, 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 because okay. I think like like Ice Cube did it on one of the songs, exactly. but then on a, on a song on a different album, he didn't do it, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. It started to become a thing where it's like enough people knew, so it's like the job of getting the name out there 
was done. So it's right. like it, that that was fine. Right. And right, so right. you know what, what whatever fit fit because like with Ice Cube shit, one of them wasn't on there, but then the song ended up being a theme song for a Coors Light uh, campaign. Yeah, so so it's like shit. Yeah. I'm not tripping. This shit is more money anyway. Whatever. You damn right. <laughs> no, but it was it was dope. Because you know, as anyone to tell you, man, there's way more money in, in this TV shit than there is in the, Amen. In the music shit. Because like we had got with T Pain and, and we pretty much scored shit. 85 to 90 percent of the music on the t-pain uh freak nick cartoon special and we made more money off, off of that than uh selling beats to lil wayne wow so if i can show you you know how, how much that tv should be yeah man that's yeah. crazy man bro y'all y'all working man <laughs> that's crazy bro so what would you what would you say uh, yeah man you know it, 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 it don't stop you know what i mean and, and, and everything just like the evolution rolls on, you know what I mean? Because now, now I'm pushing this crown bear shit with me and my nigga chasing cash, who uh, you know came up with Hit Boy and you know done songs with Drake and everybody. So yeah. you know we just been working, working to kind of get his shit going on, on his artist side because everybody know I'm on his production side. And then right. we just signed this new kid uh, from Corona Queens, who's actually in Miami named Banksy. We got him going and shit. You know, just got a, got a couple other things going because. You know, you come to a point where it's like the beats is cool, but you know, kind of like what you had with a uh, with a uh, Yellow Wolf. It's like when you have your own artist that you can just make music with and just have that shit come out. Like right. it's a hell of a lot better and, and less stressful than like trying to chase placements where right. there's a lot of artists that got a lot of dope songs, but sometimes them songs just don't come out. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it's like either something with the label or something. You know, there's some type of issue that come up that don't make no fucking sense. And so right. it's just like. Shit, man, get your own shit and make your own shit hot. Like, yeah, fuck no. trying to trying to keep making all these artists hot. Because at the same time, too, all these artists ain't loyal. You know what I mean, like, there, there's many cats that you can give the artist record to, and they'll act like they did it themselves. And then when they start to get cold, they'll come back trying to get some shit. And it's like, shit, bro, I forgot about you the same way you forgot about me. So right. shit, it's just all good. Yeah, yeah. Now it goes down. Hey, man. I mean, man. One one thing that I that I really respect about you, man, and 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 Henny as well, man, is you guys are like multifaceted. You you guys like really work on like being like well-rounded artists. It's kind of like what you were saying when when we first got on the interview. You know, you you spent a lot of time trying to learn the whole process. And like one thing I want to give you props on, man. Like your photography game is crazy, man. Like uh, you know, just to kind of watch you. When you first kind of got started, like at least uh, you know publicizing that you were doing it to like what you're doing now, man, is is it's really dope. Uh, I wanted to ask though, man, is that also one of the ways that like you you do you use photography uh, to help you move around in music as well? Is that like just another tool you have? To nah, get? The, the, like that. That's actually the interesting thing is like the way that that started was during the fourth quarter. When everything slowed down, there ain't shit going on. Mm. I just wanted to do something that kept you creative. You know what I mean? Mm. And like I had always had interest in the shit, but I didn't know nothing about that shit. You know right? Because right. it's like, like coming up, like like I said, like man, I'd have done everything, like learning how to like direct videos, all that type of shit. Right. But it's like I was never, I was never uh, hands on with, with the camera or whatever. So it just started becoming a thing that shit. When fourth quarter came, everything started to slow down. I was like, shit. Let me pick this shit up because it'll give it'll give me something to do. Because my thing is always be like, I want to do something every day that's gonna make me better at something, no matter what the fuck it is. You know right. what I mean? So, shit, just started doing that, and then, you know, just uh, little by little, you know, everything picked up. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like everything else. You 
you put the time and effort into that shit, and and, and it'll help you. And then also too, just to like my relationships with music, like you know, shit, it got me cool with uh with my my big homie uh, Mr. Cartoon and his partner. Um, Stefan Oreo and it's like shit if y'all know anything about especially like oh, man. like urban hip hop photography oh, Stefan's a nigga like yeah. all the black and white Eminem photos oh, yeah, all the man. 50 cent like exhibit right. like pretty much like all the west coast history like right. he did that shit right. and it was dope it was dope being around Stefan and talking to him and becoming friends with him and learning like shit he used to manage Cypress Hill and he picked up the camera because they bought on tour and they didn't have nobody to take no no pictures to be able to bring back. You know, because there wasn't no internet back when Cypress Hill was popping. Right. So right. that's why he said he started taking the camera. And then he basically used the same thing of by being Cypress Hill manager. Shit, he was around all these artists. Right. And so that, you know, it kind of got him started that way. And then he turned it more into, uh, you know, let me document the, the real Latino culture. But... You know, being able to have somebody like that that, that, that you could say is is your big homie, like shit. You know, it, it's a beautiful thing, and, and the thing that that I think he liked and respected about me is, even though we talking, you know, and do shit, like my my work don't look like his work. You know what I mean? Where it's right. like I feel now, like with beats and, and even with artists, like niggas don't give a fuck about sounding like a nigga that's already out Sound or a nigga that's already right, there. Man, like, shit, so and that bad. shit lame as fuck to me, bro. Like. Right. Like do your own shit. Like he wanna do he wanna document the uh Latino street life and all that, man. I wanna document this fashion shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, cause to me, just from like even being a kid, like, yeah, man, niggas knew, man, first day of school, man, you better come wait to school. Like, man, that that's your shit, man. That that that's your whole your whole get down, like even shit from from the females to whatever, like, man, you, you gotta you gotta be in the coldest shit and and the coldest shit don't even necessarily mean that you're spending a lot of money on clothes. Right. But being able to, being able to put fits together, you know what I mean? And, right. And so, you know, shit, I just started doing that. And, you know, little by little agencies been been reaching out and, you know, shooting different little campaigns and shit like that. And, you know, uh, uh, my big homie, uh, Wu, who used to fuck with uh, Crystal Castles. Yeah. He had had me, like, he was just fucking with me because we was all on the Drake Club Paradise Tour. And so he had had me shoot a campaign for uh, Crooks that ended up being a, a ad in Respect Magazine. So it's like, these are all things that just happen from being good at what you do. Right. But also having that connect by just being cool with people. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, this world's small. Especially now with this internet shit, it's smaller than ever. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're good and you be around good people, man, good shit just gonna happen to you. you you're going to catch more breaks than somebody that, that don't be. You know what I mean? Right. So, I just look at look at a lot of my success is is being in the right place at the right time, but also being ready. And that's why I be telling all the young producer homies is like, take your time now to be cold as shit at your craft. Right. So when you get that opportunity or you get that chance, you can perform. Right. If you get in front of somebody and you fall on your face or you can't deliver, like yeah. not saying that that might not be your your only chance, but. It could just be one chance that fuck you up and you don't get another chance. You don't get so, another chance. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to be in. You don't want to be in that boat. You know what I mean? Right, right, for sure, man. Nah, that's really, really dope, man. Like, bro, bro, we really appreciate you coming on the show, man, and chopping it up with us. I, I know you got a podcast as well, man. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Oh yeah, um, me and Chase, we got this Crown Bears King of Kings podcast. Um, you know, another thing going with the relationships was coming out with a DJ and shit. Yep. I was always cool with my boy DJ Ski. So DJ Ski started his own 
streaming station and, and hit us up early. It was like, shit, I just want y'all to do something. So, you know, we started our shit. You know, we're starting a new uh, Crown Bears label thing, CBR, Can't Buy Respect. Mm. Like, we was just wow. like, shit, let, let's get a way to, bro- to broadcast our own shit. You know what I mean? So, our, our pretty much uh, thought process behind the show is bringing in different people, whether it's entertainers, whether it's managers, whether it's just regular businessmen that, that are doing good shit was, you know, having them come on and, and, and tell their stories to, you know, bring bring new game to the youth and, and to help them out. And, you know, also just, just show people that, you know, all the different homies that we got from all sides of life. Like, we just had my boy uh, Beef Jones, who's a head uh, creative director at Viceland, like doing all the Vice TV shit. Yeah. And it's funny because I first met him when I moved to L.A. because he used to manage the producer Red Spider. He used to do all the gene to be. Wow. And so it's like he went from doing that shit to creating all the content on Vice Man, which is like, you know, one of the most talked about new new networks or whatever that, that's going. So, right. you know, we, we, we got him. We got cats like uh, Anwar Carrots, you know, behind the Peas and Carrots brand and, and, you know, all the clothing and fashion shit. And, you know, we just be spreading spreading it out, man. Like so, showing our our Rolodex, but then also too, man. We just want to bring in people that that we know got good shit to say and and got a story to tell. You know what I mean? Because I think like we in a day and age now where everybody almost got a microphone, like by having an Instagram channel and all this other shit. Right. And I feel it's a lot of motherfuckers that ain't really about shit that just be saying shit. Like that's one of the main reasons too why I be on Instagram too. And I don't really fuck with uh, with Twitter no more. Right. Because I got tired waking up looking at motivational tweets from right. motherfuckers that I know is late. I'm like, man, I'm not fucking with that shit. Like, right. It, it, it's too much fake shit going on. You know what I mean? Man, like, what I, you talking I, about? I want to I physically show you what the fuck I'm doing. So there ain't no denying that shit. Right. Nice. Nah, man. Uh, bro, we, we think alike in that in that for sure, man. It's all about getting shit done. And, and obviously, man, you guys are... Uh, you guys, man, hats off, man. Like, really, bro. I'm, I'm really proud to know, to know you, man, and to know the shit that you've done, man, was basically off the, off of the hustle, man. You know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, no, nah, er, nah, every, everything was off of the hustle, blood, sweat, and tears, man. And like, I used to do wild shit, man. Like, like when niggas was first starting, shit. I used to take trips out of town and not have no money to get home, knowing <laughs> that while I was out there, I'd have to sell beats. Ah. To be able to get back home, so it's like when you put yourself in situations like that, it's like like you, what they call that, uh, like uh, fight or flight. Oh like, man, you yeah. got to bust a move. You know you what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. Bro. And it's like I think it was those it was those type of lessons that made it easy for me. So it's like it's it's crazy to me listening and talking to cats who it's like they never left their city. I'm like, bro, I'm like I done been everywhere. I done been to Iceland, like everywhere. Right. I DJ at a club in Iceland, and I didn't even know what the fuck they was talking about. Right, right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Nah, man, listen, bro, yeah, I'm telling you, man, I've been producing, man, almost all my life, man, and, and this conversation, man, has given, it's put batteries in my back, man, because... You know, sometimes you get a little, you get complacent, man. You know, and you you get to thinking that you know uh, you can get it done from a desk or you could get it done from one spot. But man, you really got to get out here and you gotta you gotta make them relationships, man. And yo, that, that's yeah. what's up. And, and, and too, like the, the one blessing now, though, is like with this internet shit, it make everything smaller. Like you know, you can you can reach out and and. and you can kind of get get touched and, and get hurt. I mean, look at all the shit that Cal is doing, man, and that came all from him being funny on fucking Snapchat. Like, right. He turned that shit into multi million dollars for him. Right. Like, 
Revive you know, the same it, thing. You be yeah. looking at all these females, man. Like even some of these girls, I be taking pictures of. Like they be like, shit. I make ten to twenty bands a month off of IG. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, right. <laughs> let, let right. me get, let me get some of this. They got celebi. Right. Exactly, man. That's right. Nah, that's what's up. But man. you know, it, it, it's 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 just it's just you it's just using everything and using it as tools. And I think that's the one thing, like like just speaking across the board, just as as you know, just being an urban person. Like like I don't really be saying the black shit because I'm not black. Like my mom from 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 Haiti, so it's like we we highland people. You know what I mean? And it's like right. I, I feel a lot of people just be like, yeah, I'm black. I'm African American. Like nah, nigga, we're not all from Africa. Like you got to figure out your history. You got to learn your shit. And right. Like I feel like we don't be lo- we don't be learning a lot. And and even like I be looking cats like understanding this technology shit. Like we don't use it well. Like niggas is making hashtags or random ass shit. Like you make hashtags on IG so a motherfucker can find you. Right. Go find what are the hashtags of popular shit? Because please believe there's people that's going on IG and typing in dope or typing in. Uh, southern beats Right They'll find your shit If you start using it that way Like catches be funny Like making hashtags The funny ass shit Like yeah that's cool But shit I'm trying to be found like, I want I want everybody in the world To see what the, what the fuck I got I got to show it If it's something that I'm posting You know what I mean hey, Get that game just That's game right there it. Yes these, sir These digital times are changing man <laughs> Yes sir <laughs> Yeah nice. man You got you to gotta get on these analytics man You got you gotta understand this shit because it's, it's companies making making billions off of just getting seen. Or like, if you start to build your website, everybody knows you'll randomly get these random ass emails from motherfuckers like, "Hey, I can help you get your SEO looking better." Right. And motherfuckers don't even know what SEO is. Right. And it's like SEO is how you get found on the internet. Search so if you don't got your shit right. Man, you just got a website up. It's like you just another fish in the ocean, man. I, I'm trying to be that great white shark, and that they know that you're coming. Boy, you preaching right now, dude. <laughs> that's what I'm game. talking about. Shit. It's <laughs> real good. Nah, game. that's real, man. Cause I, I I watch it every day, man. I sit back and I just be like, man, listen, look at this shit, man. Like, cats, are, cats have the ability of reaching thousands and thousands of people, man. And like, uh, you know, cause I. I got family members. I have people, man, that look at me like I'm crazy the way I use my social media. I'm like, but this is my lifeline to the people. That's why I use it. That's why I make sure that I got stuff going on all the time, man. It's like, it ain't for a show, man. We're not doing this for likes. We're doing this for a livelihood. You know what I'm saying? It's part of yeah. It's part of the business model at this point. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that's why I think a lot of people get shit fucked up, like, like, cause motherfuckers used to always ask me, like, man, you don't, you don't be posting no personal shit. I'm like, nigga, for what? For what? Like, right. I, I ain't trying to be friends with all of y'all. Right. Like, shit, I'm trying to fucking work. Right. So I don't want to look at another, like, not even I'm no disrespectful shit, but I ain't trying to look at another motherfucker raise their kids. Like, right. that's cool. Right. But I'm not on this shit for that. I'm on this shit to expand my shit. Cause like, like even for me, like for the Instagram shit, like even with the photography shit, I'll use that. To find different locations to go to or different countries, like man, that shit cold. Like I told, I told Chase there was uh, a couple spots I found in, in uh, Iceland, and I'm like, man, we gotta go back there and shoot some, shoot some videos. And it's like, change, like change who you follow. Like I hear a lot of people like, man, I'm tired of seeing the same shit. I'm tired. Of, man, I don't follow no motherfucking music people that much, like, right? Because they don't be talking about shit. Right. Like everybody say they in the motherfucking studio. You get a year damn near over. We ain't had no albums come out, and there ain't no motherfucking hit. So what are we talking about? <laughs> yes, sir. Like, niggas is in the studio hanging out. Like, 
Niggas really is in the studio just to take a pic saying that they in the studio. Man, like, man fuck that shit, bro. I'm yeah. out of here. Nah, I'm out of here. What? <laughs> Yeah, man. That's true. Bro, you know, it's real funny, too, man, because, you know, when we think about, it's kind of like you said, like the internet that made the world small, man. So, you know, it's really people, man, like you were saying, people won't leave their hometown. How can you let a couple hundred dollars or a couple hundred miles keep you from your destiny? You know what I'm saying? Like you saying, you you looking at Iceland. Bro, that can't be no more than a thousand bucks, man. You know to fly there. Shit, not even, not even, not even that. That's the cold part. Right. When you really look into the shit, you, it don't be costing nothing. Cause like I think I left, I left there from New York to go out there. First right. off, the plane ride was only like two hours, two and a half hours. That wasn't shit. And wow. the ticket was maybe like, if you buy them in advance, or like three hundred dollars or something. Like it ain't right. shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And I, and, I, and really at the at, at the at the end of the day, man. You got one life to live, man. Life is motherfucking short, man. Life is fragile, man. Like, get out there. If you can't afford a plane ticket, man, take a fucking bus. Like, right. do whatever. Like, like, don't have an excuse for why you didn't do shit. Because I, I tell you, especially now, like, shit getting older, like, I done done hella shit. But there's still hella shit that I look back on and was like, damn, I wish I would have done this. Right. I wish I would have done more of that. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, there'll always be something that you regret. So it's like, try to cut your regrets down by just doing everything that you need to do. And knowing that doing what you need to do, majority of the time, is not comfortable. It's not easy. It's not mm. the right thing to do. But you got to bust a move. Like when I moved out here from, from L.A. to Atlanta, I moved out here because at that time, there wasn't only, there was like two artists on the West Coast that had a record deal. Right. So everybody was coming there later to mix their records. They wasn't coming there to work. They was done. So I was like, shit, niggas got to be farther up in this food chain. So, okay, Atlanta's popping and everybody go there because to do shows, it's kind of like a central point right. that everybody crossed through. So I was like, shit, let me go down there. So shit, I packed up my car about a week later, left my girl, left everything. was like, shit, I'm going to go to Atlanta. We're we, we going to figure this shit out. Wow. And it's like a lot of people, they, they be scared to do that. But it's just like, what are you scared of? Like, really, at the end of the day, everything's the same shit. You got to wake up. You got to find a way to eat. You got to yep. find a way to motherfucking lay your head at. That's right. And then you just got to find a way to be able to, to, to sustain that and keep it moving. You know what right. I mean? So really living is simple, but it's just sometimes you want to live outside of your means uh-huh. or you get too comfortable that you don't want to do nothing. So it's like, man, you, you got to sacrifice for what you want because... If you don't do it, somebody else is, you know what I mean? And I feel like as producers, there's so many dudes that I met that they're dope. They're fucking great at beats. But they don't ever leave that house. So don't nobody know that they got beats. Right. Like, what's the point of having beats on your computer if don't nobody else know about that shit? That's right, man. Right. That's, man, boy. It's so much game. So much game, So much inspiration. That's crazy, bro. And and motivation, hopefully. If if you listen to this. Game is easy to speak when you live it, man. Yeah. Man, you talking right now, bro. That's That's what I'm on, man. Yeah. Bruh. Woo. Yeah, that's good shit, man. Well, listen, man, like, uh, we need to do this again, man. Uh, you know, if you don't mind, man. Yeah, well, I, I definitely have to get Chase on here, too, man, because Chase definitely got a lot to say. Like, like we had we actually done a project, too, uh, um, as part of one of his albums, and what we continuously do is we'll do different things of merch, and so what we did was a, was a photo book. Uh, and the photo book encapsulated like everything that we had going on, but also Chase is known for all the shit that he say on on Twitter. 
So we encapsulated some of his tweets to go with some of the pictures. Wow. So it kind of told you a story at the same time of showing you all the shit that we're doing from being on tour with Drake to being in the studio to, you know, helping designing uh, clothes for Black Scale and, and other clothing lines. And so, you know, it's just, like I said, like I said, man, it's just using all the shit that I got, you know, and finding new ways to repackage that shit. That's crazy, man. Yeah, well, let's do it, man. We're gonna we're gonna definitely get him booked on here, man. Let's 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 make that happen ASAP. Uh, no, nah, hey, man, for you, man, whatever you need, bro. You know, you you always been been a plus, man, and I always fuck with you too, just cause you just work. You know what I mean? Like like you said, all the times we've been seeing each other, it's been in a, in a business environment, right. whether it's around right. Tech Nine, whether it was around Yellow or, or Tree Sounds, yep. or you know, at various other studios around, and it's just like shit. You know, the, the workers unite, man. It's, it's almost kind of like a union. The workers yeah, is always around each other, man. So man. I always saluted you for that, man. And you always was, was A+. plus. You know what I mean? And, and, and just consistent in what you did. And I, and I think that's the main thing is just being consistent. We've both been in this game for, for you know, many, many, many moons. Right. And there's a lot of cats that are only, they're only in it for a minute. And that's because they are not consistent. And they just want to fuck off their time and fuck off their money. And, you know, just be chasing shit that's not real, man. Where, you know, we just trying to chase good music and, and good people and just let it go from there. Man, that's real, man. Yes, well, sir. shit, bro. Listen, we're going to definitely do this. We're going to catch up with your boy on this, man. We're going to bring you back on the show here shortly, man. Like maybe in a couple of months. Because I know from the way you move, man, it's something else is getting ready to happen that we need to know about. So, um, yeah, man, let's do this again, man. Nah, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate yes, y'all. It's been an yeah. honor for real. All right, bro. So I'll catch up yeah, with bro. you, man. I will give you a call, man, in a couple days anyway. I think we sent something your way. So, uh, <clears throat> We're calling Chop. Oh, yeah, up. yeah. You know, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll get to talk about that soon, too. Man, some big things, big things. Yeah, no doubt, man. All right, so I'll be in touch, man, and uh, I appreciate you, bro. All right, well, All right, peace. All right.